Blog Talk Radio. Dr. Anonymous Show 119, Saturday nights. Oh, boy. Let's try this. Oh, the switchboard. Hey, can, can I do a do-over? I mean, let me try this. How about this? This is the Dr. Anonymous Show on a Saturday night here live on Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank all of you for joining me here this evening. A little disclaimer at the top of the show here. Yes, I'm a little tired and cranky uh, right now, so this might be uh, an entertaining show or my worst show ever. You'll have to keep uh, listening to uh, see what happens here. I am, of course, your favorite physician host. My name is Mike, but you, my friends, all of you out there right now, you can call me Dr. A, and you can always find me at DrAnonymous.com, which brings you uh, to my blog site or lack of blog site, but that's where I kind of do my show announcements and uh, I blog post every time I feel like it. I know it's been probably a few weeks. Uh, since that happened, DrAnonymous.net, that brings you to my Facebook fan page. Shout out to everybody out there who are Facebook fans of the show. I really appreciate that. And uh, you can also find me at DrAnonymous.org, and that takes you to my iTunes page where you can uh, you can subscribe to a mediocre show like this and uh, get all you can handle of me, Dr. A. That's right. Uh, today is Saturday, September 26, 2009. It is 9 p.m. Eastern Time. A little chilly here in uh, at uh, Dr. Anonymous World Headquarters here in Northeastern Ohio. I'll talk about that in a little bit. But it is uh, less than three weeks until Blog World and New Media Expo. Very excited about uh, that. I may mention that. During the course of the show here uh, this evening, and uh, uh, I have some news stories here, some blah blah blah, some stuff about me, you know, all the usual stuff. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, you know, I'm just I'm not really feeling it here uh, tonight. Uh, really, why? I mean, it's you know, it's not like I had a really rough day today. I mean, come on, I'm not uh, I'm not on call. I'm not working. Um, you know, so, uh, but yeah, you know, this morning you know, I had to, had to do the little, the little, uh, soccer dock type of thing. It was cold and rainy and windy out there. And, uh, that, uh, you know, that's, uh, 
that didn't start my day off right. Um, and uh, we lost the game and blah, blah, blah. So I've been going through the course of the day just trying to, trying to get myself hyped up for the show here uh, this evening because uh, the show must go on. And, uh, hey, I'm so glad that anybody at all listens to this show. So, <laughs> so uh, you guys are awesome for uh, tuning in here with me live. And also for those of you who uh, – Listen to the show in the archives. Thank you for, uh, for uh, tuning in here. And uh, so before we get going here, I do want to thank Blog Talk Radio for featuring the show again here uh, this evening. And uh, um, I had the show here for two years now. Yes, I am a, a real physician in case you were wondering about that. And if you're here in the chat room, you can see my shining face here in the chat room. I have my uh, blog, uh, my PodCamp Ohio uh, shirt here. So trying to find some inspiration uh, from that. So uh, so it takes me a few minutes just to kind of get going here. I'm starting to I'm starting to feel uh, feel something. No no no, too many jokes there. Uh, but uh, I think I'm starting to get uh, get back in the hang of things. So I'm going to take a little sip of my diet coke here and uh, continue on with the show after this break, and then uh, we'll see uh, we'll kind of see what happens here. You are listening. To the Dr. Anonymous show right here on Blog Talk Radio, of course I am a featured speaker at uh, Blog World and New Media Expo for their Med Blogger Meetup. You can find out more information at uh, emergeablog.com. Click on the tab called Blog World, and you can find out more information about that. And we'll be right back. to the Dr. Anonymous show brought to you by the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009, your tax dollars at work. I want to give a little shout out to the people in my chat room right now. We have Ben with a Q. That's awesome on so many levels, let me tell you. We have Cop, we have Jesse, we have J-Man, Kimmy, we have PK and T-Rave in my chat room right now. And, yes, you can be in my chat room right now. Just uh, go to, uh, well, you wouldn't even know because you can't even hear me, so whatever. Uh, so, uh, and also, uh, stay tuned after this show here tonight uh, at the top of the next hour uh, for the Annie and Burrow Live show. Uh, just read their Twitter here. Uh, we've got Erica from uh, Recordable Colors and Chris from the Super Secret Project. At the top of the hour, I think this podcast right here is a super secret project. <laughs> oh man! So uh, so let's see here. Uh, let's uh, let's, uh, let's uh, I do have some uh, news stories here. Some uh, we'll start with some uh, health and medicine news stories right after this.
uh, I think uh, so I think some of these. Uh, well, I, there's a, a huge, huge amount of news stories talking about health and medicine. Uh, I think what I'll do here is that uh, it's uh, take a little bit of a theme of uh, of babies. Yes, babies. That's right. So did you hear about this uh, baby in Indonesia? Uh, Indo- Indonesia, this is a story from uh, the Associated Press from uh, Friday, September 25th. The title is, A Giant Baby Draws Spectators to Indonesian Hospital. Indonesia's heaviest ever newborn drew curious crowds on Friday to a hospital where a boy named Akbar, or the Great in Arabic, came into the world at a record 19.2 pounds, 19.2 pounds, 8.7 kilograms. He was born to a diabetic mother in a 40-minute cesarean section uh, that was complicated because of his unusual weight and size. Uh, here's, Here's what the father, here's a quote from the father. I'm very happy that my baby and his mother are in good health. I hope I can afford to feed the baby enough because he needs more milk than other babies. <laughs> the article goes on. Crowds pushed to get a peek of the extraordinary boy who measured nearly 24 inches, that's what she said, or 62 centimeters when he was born on Monday at the Abdul Mahan Hospital in the northern town of uh, whatever, uh, yeah, uh, and you've got a quote from a mom from a nearby village. This is fantastic, she says. He looks very well and is cute. <laughs> the baby's extreme weight was a result of the excessive glucose during his mother's pregnancy, the doctor said. Uh, the boy was the third child of dad, who's 50 years old, and mom, who's 41, uh, who, like many Indonesians, goes by a single name. Two of his uh, quote-unquote little brothers weighed 11.6 pounds. One brother weighed 11.6 pounds. And the other one was 9.9 pounds. I'm not kidding. (laughs) The former Indonesian record holder was 14.7 pounds, a scrawny 14.7 pounds, born in 2007. The Guinness Book of World Records cites the heaviest baby being born in the United States is in 1879 when they didn't even have scales. Just kidding. Weighing 23.75 pounds. However, it died 11 hours after birth. Uh, the book also cites 22.5 pound baby born in 1955 in Italy and South Africa in 1982. Uh, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> uh, okay. Do you hear about this story? This is from CNN from uh, Saturday, September 26th today. Woman in embryo mix-up gives birth to boy. Did you hear about this story? A woman who had the wrong embryo implanted in her 
gave birth to a baby boy on Friday, according to a statement from the couple. The statement says, Our family is deeply grateful for the support and prayers of so many people from around the world, the statement said. We also would like to thank the medical professionals who provided superior care and treatment throughout the pregnancy and delivery. Our family is going through a very difficult time and requests privacy in the days ahead. The couple said a fertility clinic implanted another couple's embryo uh, into this mom. In essence, she became an unwitting surrogate for another family. Ten days after the procedure in February, they received a call from the clinic's doctor. That had to be an interesting phone call there, kids. And uh, here's the quote from the article. Carolyn is pregnant, but we transferred the wrong embryos. We transferred the wrong embryos. I don't think I ever cried so much in my life, she said. It was just a nightmare, and in a way, I felt violated. Within minutes of the news, uh, the Sylvania, Ohio couple, yes, only in Ohio, just saying, decided to carry the baby and relinquish him to his DNA parents after birth. They met with the baby's genetic parents and DNA-related mother of the child came along for one doctor's appointment. So a tragic story. Uh, but it uh, looks like is uh, had a uh, happy ending there. I remember hearing about that story a few weeks ago. Uh, so it looks like mom gave birth uh, this week. So um, there was one more story here I wanted to, uh, wanted to share with you, if I can find it in my list. I know I have, a, I have, a, I have an audio clip here for you, too. But I thought I, I thought I uh, bookmarked the uh, the story here for you. Uh, maybe not. Maybe I'll just uh, play this audio clip. So this audio clip here, kids. Uh, let me find it here for you. This is from uh, a mom who uh, is going to have two babies, but not twins. Let me say that again. Two babies but not twins. How can that happen? Well, here's the setup here from uh, our friends here at the Associated Press. Here is the uh, little news bite. How can a woman be pregnant with two babies, but they're not twins? Julia Govenberg and her husband Todd know. The Arkansas couple thought they may have been infertile and were even looking into adoption when they learned that Julia was pregnant. But they learned something at a regular checkup that doctors will be studying for years to come. She's just like, well, how far along do you think you are? And I said, well, I know I'm eight and a half weeks along because I've had a cycle. And she's like, no, you're, this baby is 11 weeks in one day. The babies were conceived about two weeks apart, so they're not twins. Doctors say it's a once-in-a-million occurrence called superfetation. It happens when a mother conceives while she's already pregnant. The first baby is a girl. The second baby is a boy. Ultrasounds indicate he is slightly smaller than his older sister. While both babies are healthy, doctors hope the boy can match his sister's weight by the time they're both born in early December. Diane Kepley, The Associated Press. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, uh, that's uh, something I never really learned about in medical school. That's kind of, uh, kind of very interesting to me. <laughs> uh, and I went right to the source 
of what this uh, superfetation is. That's right. I I, uh, I went to Wikipedia, and uh, it's uh, this is how it's spelled: a super and f e t a t i o n. That's how it's spelled in Wikipedia. <laughs> superfetation is the formation of a fetus while another embryo is already present in the uterus from a different menstrual cycle. There are two different instances of friction during the same cycle. Uh, oh, when there are two in, uh, instances of fertilization in the same cycle, it is called uh, something else, which I can't pronounce. Superfetation is claimed to be common among species of animals, but is extremely rare in humans. It can occur only uh, when there are two uteri or when the uh, menstrual cycle continues through pregnancy. <laughs> and in a related story, she's already uh, this mom uh, who is uh, going to have two babies with, uh, who are not twins has already signed a contract for a uh, reality TV show. Just kidding. So, uh, so yeah, that's uh, interesting. Interesting batch of uh, <laughs> of uh, baby stories there. And uh, let me let me see what else I have in the in the uh, in the bag here as far as uh, other other type of stories. It can't be uh, can't be a Doctor Anonymous show without talking about the swine flu. They're, they're just talked about every day here in the press. Uh, but here's an interesting story here. Uh, from uh, Friday, September 25th, the title is School Nurse Shortage Hampers Swine Flu Response. From San Francisco, as schools grapple uh, with a resurgence of swine flu, many districts have few or no nurses to prevent or respond to outbreaks, leaving students more vulnerable to a virus that spreads easily in classrooms it takes a heavier toll on children and young adults. This shortage of school nurses could lead to more students falling ill from the H1N1 virus, which can be particularly dangerous for children weakened with immune systems or respiratory conditions known as asthma. So you're starting to see some going around there uh, talking, about, uh, <laughs> talking about nursing shortages now. Uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, to see more of this, uh, more of these stories kind of uh, kind of coming out now as uh, as the hype continues to build on this. Uh, let's see what all other stories I have here. So did you see that the Tampa Bay International Airport to sell flu vaccines? This is from the USA Today. <laughs> flu vaccines will be available in uh, the Tampa International Airport. Starting next month, as of October 1st, uh, the airport will uh, open kiosks delivering the anti-serum for the virus. Vaccines are available at drugstores and other health-related facilities around Hillsborough County. An airport spokeswoman said five kiosks will be set up on the first day of the official flu season. They initially offer only standard flu, uh, standard influenza shots, not inoculations against Swine flu kiosks will administer inoculations uh, through November 30th. That will cost $35. $35 each. 
How interesting is that? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, all right. That looks like we have a good, uh, good crowd in the chat room here. So I want to give another uh, shout out here to people in the chat room here. We have Ben with a Q. We have Cop. We have Jesse. We have a Garbage Points. We have a guest, J-Man, Kimmy, the Autobox, PK, and uh, T-Rave. Thank you all for joining me here on the show uh, this evening. Um, let's see. Let's see. What else did I have here? I have uh, here's uh, something from uh, Friday, September 25th from Atlanta, Georgia. The first swine flu vaccine will uh, be in some doctor's offices as early as October 5th. I don't believe that. A U.S. health official said Friday these early batches of vaccine uh, will protect 6 to 7 million people. Over time, the government expects to have a total of 250 million doses of the new vaccine, although 10% of that has been promised to other countries. Other countries. Oh, boy. The U.S. vaccine shipment will go directly to doctors, clinics, and other uh, uh, designated by each state. The Centers for Disease Control, or the CDC, said at a press conference, most of the initial doses will be nasal spray for the form of the vaccine, but the majority of doses will uh, be injections. CDC officials also said swine flu is uh, widespread in 26 states now, up from 21 a week ago. Uh, some possible good news. The intensity uh, is trending downward a little uh, in the southeast. That's probably from all the rain that's going on in the southeast. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> the percentage of doctor's offices uh, for flu-like uh, illnesses fell slightly in Georgia and some other states. The CDC does not have an exact count of swine flu deaths and hospitalizations, but uh, existing reports suggest the infection has caused more than 600 deaths and more than 9,000 hospitalizations. So as uh, we continue onward with the with this swine flu hype, I will be uh, I'll be keeping track of that for you. I think Cop uh, noted in the chat room, yes, uh, noted noted TV doctor <laughs> Sanjay Gupta from CNN, yes, himself obtained the swine flu, I think when he was uh, in Afghanistan, I believe. And uh, it was all over the uh, CNN health section this week, and I encourage you to check that out. One of the things that he has been uh, commenting on is don't call it the swine flu. He has a whole article slash blog post about that. So that should be, uh, that should be interesting there to, to check out. Uh, so let's see, I have one more health kind of related story, if I can find it uh, here in my list. And uh, this goes all the way back to uh, uh, September 3rd, uh, 2009. And it says, uh, should you friend your doctor on Facebook? This is from CNN. Here's how the story goes here. When Walter Jordan played for the Cleveland Cavaliers in the 1980s, I don't remember that guy from the Cleveland Cavaliers, he had a top-notch medical. He had top-notch medical care. Uh, whenever he was hurt, the team physician materialized immediately. If he had any kind of health question, uh, it was answered in no time. Fast forward nearly 30 years. Uh, Jordan recently took a trip uh, from his home in Georgia to New York to watch his daughter play high school basketball tournament. 
when he arrived, uh, he realized he left all his medications at home, blah, blah, blah. Let me, let me go forward here in the story. Frustrated with closed offices, unreturned phone messages, and other aspects of, uh, uh, what did they say? Uh, sometimes slow-paced doctor-patient communication, Jordan came up with a solution. He now sends his doctor messages on Facebook. He says that communicating with his uh, uh, cardiothoracic surgeon on uh, the social networking site has been easy and efficient. Hmm. That's kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, so, man, this article goes on too far. So the point is here, kids, you know, should you, should you, should you uh, friend your doctor on Facebook? I don't, know, I don't really know how I feel about this. Uh, I'm kind of going back and forth. And I mean, I'm, I'm all into electronic communication and all that good stuff there. But, yeah, I, I don't know completely if, if I feel completely comfortable completely comfortable with that. Um, yeah, as far as from a, a medical slash business type uh, communication. I mean, you know, and, and I'm friends with people outside of the office, you know, and, uh, you know, they, they're my friends on Facebook. And, uh, but I'm not sure as far as a pure doctor-patient relationship, not really sure how to, how to deal with that. So I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. I'll be curious next month when I go to uh, – Blog World and New Media Expo. I talked to some of the uh, medical bloggers slash podcasters out there um, to kind of get their take uh, on uh, on the situation. I kind of see the uh, pluses and minuses of that, uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm not uh, I'm not uh, I'm not really sure about that. I, I I think I'd have to I think I'd have to think about that a little bit more. Uh, to see, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really sure here. Um, I think I already talked about that story there. Okay, so why don't I do this? So I'm going to uh, take a little, uh, take another break here, and uh, we'll cover a few more uh, uh, stories here before I get out of here. Uh, I'm only going to uh, go to uh, 45 minutes past the hour, and uh, then I will. Uh, I will take a break here, <laughs> but uh, don't forget at the top of the hour, the Annie Burrow Live Show right here on Block Talk Radio. And uh, but for me, I will take another break here, and we will uh, continue uh, right after this. After I can find some uh, find some music here, and we will continue right after this break. Yes, curing that rash just by listening to this show. This is the Dr. Anonymous Show live on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, did you hear about this story? has to do with uh, spider, spider venom. <laughs> this is from uh, Friday, September 25th. Spider venom. The next way to treat impotence. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Scientists may have discovered a novel way to treat erectile dysfunction 
using the venom of a deadly spider. Yes, don't tell Burl. The bite from the Brazilian wandering spider causes a painful erection that can last for many hours and later lead to impotence, researchers from the United States and Brazil noted. What kind of researchers are doing this stuff, man? Wow. <laughs> After isolating the toxin, the researchers radioactively labeled and injected a purified form of toxin. Here's the name of the toxin, TX2-6, whatever. That was injected into rats that suffered from high blood pressure and severe erectile dysfunction. How would you know in a rat if severe erectile dysfunction? I would leave that joke open to the people in the chat room. The investigators then uh, measured the presence of the toxin in the animal's junk. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Uh, and use the toxin to contract uh, and relax uh, strips of penile tissue. Uh, results showed uh, <laughs> improved levels of nitric oxide, which led to penile relaxation and erections. <laughs> I can't go on with that. So, uh, so spider venom, kids. That's going to be the next uh, the next big thing. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, in a related story, this is from Wednesday, September 23rd, from London. Brits have had, quote, indirect sex, unquote, with 2.8 million people. Dateline London, the average British man or woman has slept with 2.8 million people albeit indirectly, according to figures released Wednesday to promote awareness of sexual health. A British pharmacy chain has launched an online calculator which helps you work out how many partners you have had in the sense of exposure to risk of sexually transmitted disease. <laughs> this, is, this is just great. Uh, the quote... Sex degrees of separation, unquote. I'm not making that up. This is, this is from the article. Uh, Ready? <laughs> uh, Reckoner tots up the numbers based on the number of partners and their previous partners and their former lovers and so on for six generations of partners. The average British man claims to have actually slept with nine women while women put the figure at 6.3, giving an average of 7.65. This is one of the researchers. (laughs) When we sleep with someone, we are in effect not only sleeping with them, but also their previous partners and their partner's previous partners and so on, blah, blah, blah. It's important that people understand how exposed they are to sexually transmitted diseases and take appropriate precautions, including condoms and getting themselves checked out where appropriate. So if you go to Britain, if you go to England, you are just, uh, you have been warned. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we'll change gears here. So how many people out there, and I know the people in my chat room will answer this for me, how many people text while driving? I know I do. 
there's been a new study that comes out. This is from Reuters from Friday, September 25th. Nearly one in five U.S. drivers surveyed have read or sent a text message while being behind the wheel, even though nearly all respondents in a AAA survey release on Friday considered it unacceptable. The new technologies that help us multitask in our everyday lives and increasingly popular social media sites present a hard-to-resist challenge to the typically safe driver, the chief executive of the AAA Foundation said. Enhancing text bans for drivers in all 50 states can halt the spread of this dangerous practice among motorists nationwide and is a key legislative priority for AAA in state capitals, they said. The phone survey questioned 2,500 U.S. residents 16 and older in April and May. Nearly all respondents considered the practice unacceptable. 18% they had sent a text message while driving within a month of being surveyed. Most data available on texting and driving is anecdotal, but the U.S. Transportation Department is seeking more information as pressure grows to ban the practice. Treasury Secretary, that guy, uh, will hold a two-day conference on distracted drivers next week in Washington. So look out, kids. You will, you will uh, not be allowed. Well, yeah, you will not be allowed to text and drive soon. Uh, in a related story from the Associated Press, teens with own cars have more crashes. Imagine that. Like we needed a study for that. Parents beware, giving in to teens' demands for their own cars have had dangerous consequences. Teenagers with their own cars <clears throat> or free use of one are more likely to get in crashes than those who share a car. We needed a study for this. And crashes are much less common among teens whose parents set clear driving safety rules. And, of course, the article goes on to say that teenagers text and they talk on cell phones and they have their uh, music too loud. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, like, like we didn't know this. Isn't that why the in, in insurance rates for, uh, for that age group is, uh, is just so darn high? Uh, let's see here. Oh, and... This will be my last story here for the night. <laughs> I thought this was kind of funny. From CNN from uh, September 25th, the title is Pilot Accused of Stalking Ex-Girlfriend from Air. Pilot Accused of Stalking Ex-Girlfriend from Air. A California man, of course this is a California story. <laughs> a California man was arrested on suspicion of stalking after he allegedly used his airplane to violate a restraining order by buzzing a neighborhood, police said this week. In recent weeks, Concord, California police. Oh, yeah, people are freaks in Concord, California. <laughs> Concord, California police were investigating an accident or an incident, in which leaflets were dropped over a residential neighborhood, possibly by a low-flying airplane, police said in a statement. The leaflets are referenced 
from a specific uh, or referenced a specific uh, person and contained defam- the, the, the defamatory language and racial slurs. As the investigation has progressed, it appeared the motivation behind the situation is a failed domestic relationship. An investigation led to the identification of a possible suspect, a 51-year-old licensed pilot. Concord police served the man with a restraining order on Wednesday, (laughs) the statement said. On Wednesday evening, police received several calls from residents of the neighborhood reporting a low-flying airplane in the area. The plane was reported to have made eight passes over the neighborhood. Uh, police officers responded to the airport uh, and contacted the man after he landed his plane. It was the same man who had been served with a restraining order earlier in the day, police said. He was arrested on suspicion of stalking and violating a restraining order. The man was booked into county jail in Martinez, California, in lieu of $155,000 bail, police said. Concord police said uh, investigation is ongoing. The Federal Aviation Administration said it's not uh, currently investigating the situation. Our interest is in air safety, the FAA guy said (laughs) so new and creative ways of stalking so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting uh, to follow there Uh, let's see here Um, I think I only got uh, yeah I do have one more story here to share with you and uh, this is a I I got this uh, this is a news clip here uh, talking about the uh, the soon to be uh, released, and people are already in line for this uh, Michael Jackson. Do you remember the time when we fell in love? Do you remember the time? We finished rehearsing at quarter to midnight, you know, the night before Michael died, and um, and he was energetic, and he was you know, up, and you know, doing his thing as as you'll see on the movie. We opened up the plaza so that people can now begin to queue in line in advance of Sunday night at 12.01 when all of the tickets go on sale around the world for This Is It, the movie. Well, I'm doing it for my kids, actually. They're the ones that uh, want the commemorative uh, ticket. You see all of the behind the scenes, and then you finally see the last few days of the dress rehearsals, and you begin to see the genius of Michael, the dancing, the singing, the choreography, and his concept of creating a one-time performance that no one would ever forget again. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I don't know. I, I, I maybe I'll just wait for it on DVD. <laughs> well, there are some people around that I've talked to, uh, even this week, uh, locally here, uh, who are going to try to uh, find tickets for this thing, see around locally here, and they're very excited about it, which I have no problem with that. 
Um, but it is, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I've, done, I've seen some of the news clips on this and, uh, you know, maybe seen some of the trailers on this uh, thing too. And, uh, um, you know, at some point I think I'll be, uh, I'll be uh, interested in uh, checking that out. Um, but, uh, but we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I, 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 the reason I brought it up, I think, I think it's just an interesting news story and, uh, we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, especially with the, with the lines that are forming to, uh, to buy tickets for this thing. Uh, so, uh, so yeah. Um, I think that's it kids. I am, I am, uh, I am out of gas and I am out of material. And I think I am done. So uh, <clears throat> I want to thank everybody for, uh, <clears throat> for joining me here uh, this evening uh, here on the uh, Dr. Anonymous show. And I want to uh, give uh, one last shout-out to the people who are live here in my chat room. Uh, I'll do, uh, thank uh, Jesse and uh, Garbage Points and a guest and J-Man and Llama80. <laughs> I think it's going to be one of a, new, uh, a new show here on Block Talk Radio. The Llama 80 Show, the Autobox T Rave, and uh, the Burl. And speaking of the Burl, at the top of the hour here will be the Andy and Burl Live Show here on Blog Talk Radio, and uh, that's going to be a good time there. Uh, so thanks everybody for uh, for for joining me and to uh, <laughs> and for uh, suffering through uh, me uh, being a little bit a uh, little bit punchy. <laughs> A little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say angry. I just, yeah, just, just not really feeling it today. So, uh, but thanks a lot for joining me here. I'll be back here on Thursday night. Thursday night is October first, I believe. Can you believe it's October already, kids? I just, uh, it's, it's this year is going quite quickly. So, uh, so, thanks a lot for joining me, and I will see everybody at the top of the hour for the Andy and Burrow Live Show right here on Block Talk Radio. Till then. I will see you out there somewhere on Twitter, Facebook, wherever, and uh, hope you're having a a good weekend. Have a good week, and we'll talk to you all very soon. Good night, everybody. Hey Jude, don't be afraid.